Chapter 2 Similar Stories Edris Van had spent the better part of a year stationed on listening post 121 of 142, nestled comfortably outside the sixth and outermost planet of the system. He was alone, or at least he would be if his partner, Cal, ever managed to annoy him to the point of murdering her. It had been a close thing on more than one occasion. She favored the shrill poetry beamed from the surface of the planet Pedras, when the receiver was in a position to catch it, and when he or a rogue solar storm didn't manage to disable it. Unfortunately, his partner was an engineer, and the only thing that ever seemed to get repaired on the listening post was the multi-channeled acoustic receiver. It would be an easy thing, next time she took the skiff out, to rig the docking locks and leave her out there for the spacewalkers to come and collect. Sometimes he questioned the Maiar fleet op's wisdom in sending husband and wife pairs to man long-term space postings. Before he could come up with more ingenious methods of making his wife's untimely expiration appear accidental, a small alarm light flashed on his control panel. He looked at it, his lone eye swiveling as he pared the skin off the last of his preserved fruit. His attention moved to the small display in the wall, where numbers flashed in rapid succession, vectors and values which he was trained to interpret. He swallowed. Cal, jewel of my existence, are you doing maintenance on the superluminal sensor array? The high-pitched squeal of Cal Van's plasmic welder cut out, leaving only the high-pitched squeal of her poetry. Transmitted through sublight radio waves, the recorded verses were more than four hours old before they reached the station and mounted an assault on his ears. Cal appeared through the hatch, still wearing her protective mask. No, light of my morning. The superluminal ray is functioning as it should. Edris watched her perform the same scan he had just performed on the instrumentation. Impossible, she said. Not even Malagath ships have a dark space profile like that. I don't know anything that does. Could it be that human freighter back with another shipment? asked Edris. The strange, primitive race setting up a trade depot on Pedras with the Maiar had spacecraft with antiquated dark space engines that suggested craft of a much larger size on the FTL sensors. He dialed the vector into the optics system, state-of-the-art lenses with a light amplification module to magnify what little of the core star's brilliance made it out this far. It would take a few seconds for that light to bounce off anything coming out of dark space and return to the sensor. So he waited while his wife tapped away on a console, asking the neighboring station if their superluminal array also held the anomaly. The nearest station was a few light minutes away, and Edris's quandary was answered through his optical sensors before the message ever reached them. Dark stars, he whispered, as spacecraft began to fill his scope by the dozen. Nearly a hundred had transitioned into the system before he could pry himself away from the lenses. Send a burst to Pedras. We're under attack. Victoria stumbled off the ramp of the Condor's airlock, gasping with relief. Ursus played host to a great many smells, few of them pleasant. But after the carnage the Vaulton rescues wreaked on her nasal passages, it was like being in the fresh spring air of Northern Ireland. Thank Christ they were finally off her ship. Four days of shore leave for the crew while the Condor deodorized would help to raise spirits as well. 
Ursus was on a moon orbiting a gas giant so closely that it was completely shrouded by its nitrogen-rich upper atmosphere. The low gravity and an atmosphere dense enough to breathe made it an instant favorite for an interstellar harbor, and for the businesses that grew to support the shipping and their crews. The Vaughan survivors would have no issue finding passage here, and soon their schematics would be on their way to Earth via secure FTL channels. Four days meant time enough for her to put the Vaughan officer and his arrogance behind her, and maybe find some humans she hadn't seen every day for the last six months, and even more importantly, wouldn't ever have to see again. As far as security was concerned, Ursus was about as safe as a Xeno City could be if you avoided the rougher spots. Of course, her vultures were walking rough spots, and most of her marines would have to be hauled out of security lockup and stuffed back on the Condor.